Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. Good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810 with your Garden Wise Guys, one of which is me, Jim Borland, and the other one is not me. He's Keith Funk. Good morning, Keith. That would be me over here on this side. Hey, we're going to do a garden show here this morning, and the way this operates is that with your question, which you have to deliver to us in any way, shape, or form that you can, I see some uh, what may be some passenger pigeons outside the window, so you may want to use them. They can come up and, and peck on the window and use Morse code. There you go. But no no, uh, no notes in a bottle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are too high up out of the ground. Yeah, that will take that. a long time to get Although here. there is a pond out there. There is. And there's a stream over, over yonder. Down yonder? Yeah, down yonder. So uh, you might want to try that as well. And here's our phone number to get in here and talk with us. Ask us the question. 303-477-2473. That'll get you in here. And then Sean will pick up the phone and ask you what your first name is. Um, well, I don't know. What else is uh, Sean going to ask him this morning, you suppose? I don't know. It's something different every week. It, it is. So be prepared. And then he'll ask you the question. If you don't provide the right answer... You're out of here. That's right. Click. <laughs> Next caller, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a lot of things here on the on the agenda this morning. I have a list of uh, places that the emerald ash borer has been seen. Oh, good. What? Where? When? Yeah, when how? Yeah, well, wait a minute. That, that's. I want to. I want to hold this off and and oh, build, and build a suspense. Don't I you know? Anticipation. <laughs> huh? That's right. And I have a list of agencies who uh, who have determined that uh, Roundup is perfectly okay. No way. You might be surprised at some of them. There are more than this, but that's all I could find right for the time being. So. Okay. Yeah. And you can, you can, you know, believe it or not, that's entirely up to you. Oh, how much rain did you guys get over the weekend at your house? I don't know that we got much more than to wet the deck. Uh, we got a tenth of an inch. We measured it. Did you? Yeah. We'll take it. <clears throat> it's not much. Didn't do much of anything. We lost about an inch and a half. We did. This last week. Officially at DIA from Thursday to Thursday, 1.59 inches. The, the lawn lost that much. Mm-hmm. So if you are watering your lawn and uh, look a little peaked. So does that mean if, if you get rid of your lawn, you don't lose any? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the way that works. <laughs> <laughs> you, you save it. You save it. That's you right. Can bank it. That's right. It goes... <laughs> and if you don't use it, you lose it. Oh, it just goes right on down the stream. Yeah, gets into the Platte River from this neck of the woods anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the Platte River dumps into Missouri, isn't it? I believe so. Up north, and then that dumps into another the, stream. The the another big river, the big mighty Zip. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, we would, my wife and I drove up to Frisco a week or so ago and, and drove past a number of different 
reservoirs. Yes. Uh, including Dylan. Yes. Chock full. Chock full to the brim. Yep. Yeah, the reservoirs are looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're talking about on the West Slope is uh, <clears throat> emptying some of the reservoirs so they can dump that into the Colorado River, which then flows down into Lake Mead. <coughs> yeah, I hear Mead and Powell both are in, yeah. in a world of hurt. Yeah. That's their electricity in addition to their water mm-hmm. or a lot of people's water. Bad news over there on that West Slope. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole Western United States right now is yeah, that's right is hurting for certain. We're kind of in a a little magical area here. We are so bad. The entire Front Range area in the plains is <coughs> looking mighty good. Actually. Very green. Yeah. Yes, green. I'm looking up into the and I can't see the foothills. It's smoky. Yeah. But I don't. I don't recall it being <coughs> that green up in the foothills for this for long. This long. Yeah. Yeah. Usually mm-hmm. by first of July, it's brown. No kidding. Hey, have you noticed? Hello. Have you noticed the golden rain trees around town? Gorgeous. For those of you who don't know what a golden rain tree is, it's a it's an ornamental tree, a little bit bigger than a crab apple, but mm-hmm. it depends on the age of the tree, of course. <coughs> with bright yellow plumes of flowers all over the top of it. Yes, right it now. has yellow flowers on it right now. That's golden rain tree. Mm-hmm. That is a beauty. It's a gorgeous thing. And how many trees do you know that bloom this time of year? I'm, uh, I'm waiting. Seven Suns tree. Okay. That'll look like it's blooming. The, f- the petals fell a long, si- long time ago. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's the seeds that then turn. Red. All, all the appendages yeah. turn red. Yeah. <clears throat> it looks like it's in bloom again. Mm-hmm. I planted one last week. I was going to say, did you get one? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. Yeah. At, at your place of, of uh, employment. Out at Nick's? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's looking, it looking fine. Yeah, <clears throat> it, it was a shrubby one though, right? A little, a little short yes. guy. Yeah, a little short guy. I, it, it's trainable into a tree, and I'm, I'm still wondering. There's a way, There's a lot of time yet to let it go and be a multi-stem or just single stem. Mm-hmm. I kind of like multi-stem stuff. I do too. So it'll probably end up being multi-stemmed, <clears throat> and that's fine. It has to replace a uh, Engelman spruce that I had to cut down. Oh, that would be in the front of your house. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, so for some reason, I had it in the back of your house. It it, it left a big blank spot. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> it, and it was on its last legs. Well, it depends how you measure these things. But uh, two successive years of nasty hailstorms just did it in. I mean, wow. Hmm. And killed entire branches. Like uh, one, I think the following spring or spring after that, I cut out 12 branches. I just died. Mm. All beat up on the upper side of them. So that, you know, it doesn't even look good anymore. No. And the top had broken out years ago. Well, that poor thing. I know. It was suffering. It was. That's okay. I have another one in the backyard. Okay. That is a pretty one. It's a standby. I'm thinking about moving that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's only 40. I know how big that thing (laughs) is. It's only 40, 50 feet tall. Yeah. (laughs) Can you get through your gate still? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to winch it up over the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've got uh, people online waiting to talk to us about oak trees, about green beans, yeah. and other things. So let's get started. Uh, I believe first up is going to be Parker out in Inglewood. Or maybe it's Inglewood out in <coughs> Parker. One of the two. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Parker. Thanks for calling. The, ask the, ask the, yeah, they am too. The Garden <laughs> Wise Guys. There we go. I'll get the right name here. 
Okay, good morning, guys. Hey, morning. what's going on? Well, um, I bought a uh, northern red oak from Tagawa a year ago, mm-hmm. and it died. And they were great about replacing the thing. But I want to do everything right this time around. And uh, I mixed, uh, well, I've covered, I uh, soaked the root ball and then put mica on it. Okay. Uh, to stimulate the roots. And then I've also been putting fertile root stimulator on it. Okay. Now, in digging this hole, um, it is solid clay all around it and underneath it. I put in a mixture of fine clay with uh, compost, about 50-50. And I'm just wondering, I don't want to overwater this thing. Because, uh, of course, that clay just does not absorb water around the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there a rule of thumb I can use on this? No, actually, it's a rule of finger. You stick your finger in the ground and determine how moist it is before you water it again. We're talking about the root ball here. My finger will only go down about three inches, and this thing is uh, planted about uh, 15 inches deep. Mm-hmm. I think there's a danger with what you described of uh, if you overwater it, that water is going to sit down there for a really long time. And, and those roots down there don't like that. Kind of fill up like a bathtub, huh? <coughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'll kind of keep an eye, you know, I'll use my finger, but it's... Uh, and and I don't think I would use fertilizer at this point. No, no. Just just let it go on its own and uh, let it get established first before you start monkeying around with uh, add, adding stuff to it. So how how are you watering it now, Parker? Um, with a hose, a very a drip hose. It's low, but I'm going to cut back on that. But can I look at the leaves and determine if it's telling me that it's getting too dry? That would be the that would be one really good way is to uh, not water until you notice the tree start to wilt a little bit. Okay. Um, underwatering is going to be much much more forgiving than overwatering. And so, if you can get an idea of how long it takes from one watering to the following wilt, whether it's one day or it's three days or whatever, that'll give you sort of an interval, and then you can you can catch it just before the wilt. Okay. Um, and then when you, do give it, when you do give it water, make sure that you really <coughs> soak it. Um, I, how, how big is the tree? It's 10 feet tall, and the uh, diameter is probably an inch and a half to two inches. Oh, so that was a pretty good-sized root ball then. Yeah, it is. And, and do you have any idea of how much in volume of water you give it when you do water it? No, it's, um, you know, I have a sprinkler system in my lawn, but I've been giving it extra water. Here. Uh-huh. And uh, I just I, you know, I just have to keep an eye on the leaves and let them tell me what's going on. One thing I would do, I think, yeah, one thing I would do is take a trowel out there on, on the perimeter of the original root ball. So you're basically digging down into the backfill mm-hmm. and, and dig down... <clears throat> eight or ten inches okay. and and examine the, the soil moisture at that point and see if the water is getting down deep enough mm-hmm. not knowing how much water it is actually getting at any one time I'm not sure if it's just watering the top six or eight inches and it doesn't go down any deeper or whether you're really getting a lot of water in there and it might be too much so only way to know is to dig down and check 
great, and I'll give that a try. Now, uh, my other question was, uh, generally I've heard from you that uh, when you plant new trees or shrubs, that you should plant them about two inches above the surrounding soil. And when I look at that, I had to think, does that really more apply to something like a fruit tree that's been grafted onto a different rootstock? Now, the reason for that, in the past, they <clears throat> people were overwatering a lot of their transplanted trees, mm -hmm. and they thought by raising the root ball when they planted, that would get around some of that. Well, one of the other reasons for that also is that <clears throat> in the past, some of the advice was when you dig the hole, you dig a deep hole. Right. And you know what happens as soon as you water something, the soil settles. So if your tree is at the proper level when you plant it and you've dug a deep hole, as soon as you water it, everything sinks. And now it's too deep. So planting it above grade helps prevent that. But now the conventional wisdom is that you don't dig a hole any deeper than the root ball itself. So it sits on a hard bottom and it can't settle. And in that situation, planting at or slightly above grade is perfectly fine. Well, the roots are going to go sideways anyway. Yes. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay, well, that's all I needed, and I want to thank you very much. You well, bet. And just remember, uh, your lawn watering will not be sufficient for the first year or two or three, maybe, uh, to, to get this tree established. And be sure and water during the winter. Yes, I do. Yeah, at least, at least once a month, November through March, is going to be critical. As long as the ground isn't. Correct. Yeah. Thank you for that disclaimer. Okay. <laughs> I listen to you guys. I appreciate that. Okay. Well, thanks again. Thanks for calling, Parker. Okay. Goodbye. All right. So him dropping off means that that's there's room for someone else. There is. There's always room for someone when someone drops off. That's just the way it works here. It's. I wish it were automatic that someone would immediately appear on the screen, but. <clears throat> you have to do a little bit of work yourself, and that is you have to dial 303-477-2473. And you know who did that? <clears throat> um, somebody, Linda. Linda did, yeah, absolutely. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, fellas. What's going on with you today? Well, uh, first of all, our green beans just don't seem to be setting up. <clears throat> and we grow them every year, but this year they're just not blooming. <laughs> So, is there any reason for that? I think it's cool temperatures. Okay. Nights are too cool. That's where mine are, too. They're yep. just really pokey this yep, year. Yeah, mine, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we had peas. Those worked out well. Oh, mm -hmm. peas love cool weather. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did real mm -hmm. well. <laughs> I'm still cutting broccoli, of all things. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's, that's a plant that does not like heat. Yeah, yeah. I've never grown that. It's it, it's try next year. It's big and takes up a lot of room. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm kind of questioning whether I'll ever do it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's kind of like right up there with potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Our garden isn't that big. Mine either. <laughs> oh, um, all right. I'll just that's what my husband keeps saying. I just you just gotta be patient. It'll be all right. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it will be. Mine are starting to grow, but man. And they've been slow. Mm -hmm. Well, our, you know, the bean 
plant itself has just gotten very tall, and the little tendrils are going all over. Yeah. Well, that's a good sign. Oh, so you're growing pole beans? <coughs> uh, yes. Oh, okay. I don't like to get down and I don't blame you. those things. How, how tall are they by now? Oh, how tall? They are probably about close to five feet. Okay, well, they should be blooming yeah, any time now. Yeah, once they yeah. start blooming, boy, you better have your bushel basket ready. <laughs> okay, well, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Are you it. feeding them? Pardon me? Are you feeding them, fertilizing? I don't know if he is or not. I'll have to ask him that. Bean, beans are hungry plants. Yeah. Okay. So what should we use? Uh, Just a general purpose vegetable garden food. It doesn't have to be anything special for beans. Okay. All, All right. right. Great. Uh, the tomatoes are doing well. So. Good. Well, that's <laughs> so, always nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My other question was, last week I, I called you about repotting them. An orchid plant, mm-hmm. and so I went out and I got two orchid pots, and and you know I got the mix, and it's just really difficult for me not to want to water them in this mix because it looks so dry. And what? How do you water? I normally before I took the the little baby plant and put it, you know, repotted it, I would spray in there just mm-hmm. spray heavily so um what's your suggestion you know it looks so dry i, I keep wanting to well you're absolutely water. right there it does look dry on a, when you have a new mix in uh, just after you've repotted an orchid and it is drier so you probably do want to step up your watering regime to a little bit more frequently uh, while that plant gets reestablished in its new pot and i take it to the sink and and just give it a real good soak from from the tap. Um, that's uh-huh. pr- one of the easiest ways. Or if you just want to fill up a, a a small bowl or something and then sort of submerge it to the rim. That but the problem with that is that bark tends to float. Yeah, it and it comes out all the little decorative holes. Yeah, absolutely. And when you have a pot like that, it's going to dry out even faster. Okay. So, I I would water it. You know, give it a real good soak today if you haven't done it in the last day or so. Give it a really good soak today, and then after it drains, lift the pot and get an idea of how heavy it is when it's nice and wet. Okay, just like you do the other house plants. Yeah, yep. and then as it get, once it gets a little bit lighter, then give it a good soak again. Okay. All right, so a good soak as opposed to just pouring the water on top. Right, you'll need to, you'll need to water all the way around the pot. From okay. the top. Okay. Cause the, and the reason for that is with, with bark, when you pour water on it, it just goes straight down through. Unlike yeah. potting soil where it would spread out nicely. So right. with an orchid, you do have to water all the way around the pot so that the entire root ball gets soaked. Okay. So, so they like this orchid bark. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they like that very much. <laughs> I mean, we've seen them growing in the um, rainforest. Mm-hmm. But um, this just seems kind of odd to me. I'm having a hard time not <laughs> wanting to <laughs> to do something else with it. But okay, I will try the soap method then. The soak, right. yeah, S O S O A K, not soap, <laughs> but soak. Yeah, S O A K. Yes. Right. All right. Okay, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right. 
All right, it's no soap. All right. No soap. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I really am not that. <laughs> you never know these days. Uh, well, that's very true. <coughs> All right. Well, tell us. I'll um, I'll let you know if they live or die. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing you'll probably need to water it about every three every three or four days. Okay. All right. That's what well, I'm guessing, but you'll know better when you when you work with it. Right, and and that all the bark that goes floating out of the the thing, you just put it back. Yeah, in. Yeah, just put it back in. Just yeah. put it back in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's becoming a messy job. <laughs> well, maybe don't water it so fast, and then the bark won't float yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'll I'll leave you be now. That's no. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your call, Linda. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, any visitor to our house is probably going to see uh, dirty dishes on the side of the kitchen sink. Oh not, yeah, it's not because I'm, you know, not I'm not thrifty that I like to keep things clean. It's because there's an orchid sitting in the sink. Mm-hmm. My wife puts it in into the sink, then uses a spritzer and spritzes over the entire <laughs> the entire plant. Yeah, the bark and everything. And then if it's really dry, I come back and do it again in you know a couple of minutes, and then let sits there until it drains. Meanwhile, I can't do dishes. <laughs> oh, poor baby. I, I know. I could use a dishwasher. I've got my orchids set up so that they're, they're in large <clears throat> four foot by eight foot by one foot deep trays mm-hmm. with a drain at one end. Yeah. And they're sitting up on racks mm-hmm. above the bottom so they don't ever sit in water. Yeah. And I, and I have a hose that I attach to the sink in the basement there, and I can adjust the temperature of the water so that it's not freezing cold All right. out of the tap. And I can just water like I'm watering outside, watering my patio yep. pots. And so I can really give everybody, everything a really, really good soak. <clears throat> you should see him watering it. He, he, <clears throat> he's got his bathing trunks on. and That's right. He's got his towel off in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> my beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff. Hey, we got to take a little break. We'll be back with more of your questions right here on Legends 810. Well, hello, Mrs. Johnson. Nice to see you again. What's that you have in the bag? It's it's my tomatoes. Just look at this. The bottom side of all the largest fruit is turning into a nasty brown color. It's gross. My family won't eat these. What am I going to do? Okay, relax, Barbara. Your tomatoes have an easy-to-fix condition called blossom end rot. And you're right. It's nasty looking. But fortunately, it's not a disease, just a mild calcium deficiency, which is usually brought on by letting your plants get too dry between waterings. So I'm going to recommend you start using this Fertilome Yield Booster for tomatoes. This yield booster will supply the extra calcium your plants need to save the rest of your crop. Is it easy to use? I don't want to have to mix anything. You know, it couldn't be easier. Yield Booster comes pre-mixed in this handy trigger sprayer. All you have to do is spray the leaves and fruit weekly for at least three applications, and you'll have bigger, better tomatoes than ever before. Oh, what a relief. Bill, you've made my day. Better give me two of those bottles of Fertilome Yield Booster. I have lots of tomato plants. Find Fertilome Yield Booster at your favorite independent Fertilome retailer, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. 
That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the hard blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60 degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. Call into the Fix-It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we're back here on Garden Wise Show on Legends 810. That's where we are, indeed. With the Garden Wise guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk, taking your phone calls at the following number, uh, 303-477-2473, as have, I see, Linda and... Linda and Irene. And, Irene. and I believe... Irene is up first out okay. in Adams County. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Nice to hear from you again. How's everything going? Not well this year as far as planting growth. Uh-oh, what's going on? Well, my main concern right now are my tomato plants. I have two in big black pots. Mm-hmm. They're about 15, 18 inches uh, across. The leaves kind of curl up. And when it got, like, up to 100, I, I have tall cages over them. I put a cloth over the top maybe hang down a foot, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that might help them. Is it because of the black pot? I wouldn't think so. Tomatoes like heat. They like warm roots. Um, I'm, I'm more concerned with the... Well, number one, how, how old is the potting soil that's in the pot? No, I, I put about a fourth compost and some manure in, and, and the soil I changed last year. Okay. So there we go. Um, and I no, water normally, them every day. Well, normally when I hear tomatoes, especially if the leaves are curling up, uh, the, with the edges curling upright mm-hmm. uh, and over the top, uh, it's a matter of the plants being too wet. Too wet. What do you think, Jim? Uh, sure. Sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you said you're watering every day? Yes. <clears throat> Whether well, the plants not- need it or not? Well... The top seems dry. Right. Well, I would stick your finger in. Uh, the top was, with our low humidity, the top of any soil was going to dry off very quickly and look like the entire root mass is dry, when in fact it's only that top layer. One easy way to check, Irene, is to tip the pot a little bit. Just kind of. too heavy. Well, see, there you go. If it's heavy, that means it's very wet. No, that means I'm 86. 
Well, Touche. <laughs> you might want to get a moisture meter, but I'm thinking, you know, you have a 15, 16 inch pot. Uh, that's going to hold a lot of moisture. For and and getting watered every day, I think is just is just too much. I'd I'd rather see them wilt a little bit by getting too dry. Well, they look kind of wilted. Well, that's again that that kind of goes back to the too much moisture. Water. But check. Yeah, just check that. Dig down with your finger several inches deep if you can, toward the edge of the pot so you don't disturb the roots, and see what the moisture level is like down, you know, four or five inches deep in the pot. Or get a moisture meter to stick in there and check them. The other day, I saw some color, and the variety is big beef. Mm -hmm. And there was a small tomato, maybe an inch and a half across, it was deformed, mm -hmm. and it, it was ripe, and it was kind of rotten on one side. Okay. That sounds like uh, poor pollination. If you have a deformed fruit a lot, especially if they're small, and they, and they ripen way ahead of time, that's a good indication that the plant is trying to shed that fruit because it was poorly pollinated. Oh, okay. Um, what are you fertilizing with? I bought some tomato fertilizer this, uh, this spring. Okay. Look on the label of the fertilizer to make sure that it has calcium in it. It does. Good. All right. So blossom end rot shouldn't be a problem. Okay. And when you do water, how much volume of water at any one time do you give the pot? Oh, maybe a pint and a half. Okay. That's not very much. When you water, you should water enough so that water runs out the bottom of the pot and then leave it alone until it gets on a dry side. Yeah, I've done that a couple times. Okay, just a couple times? Yeah. Well, that should be every time you water. You want water to run out the bottom of the pot. That's the only way you can tell whether you get water all the way down to the bottom of the pot. Okay. I used to have good luck with tomatoes, but I always planted them in the ground. And up here, I, I don't have the facilities for that. Right. I yeah, I'm just thinking... I haven't much luck in pots. I think that a pint of water in a 15-inch pot isn't going to go very far at all. No, it's, it's about a pint and a half to a quart. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's going to take more like half a gallon or more mm -hmm. to thoroughly water that pot. <coughs> uh, okay. And... Uh, I start seeds in the basement under T5. My geraniums, I started earlier this year than I normally do, about the 1st of February. Uh -huh. I have two hanging baskets. One of them still has no blooms on it. The other one just started blooming last week and has three blooms, although there's five plants in each pot. Okay. Are they in enough light? Oh, on the south side of the house. Okay, so they're getting a lot of light. And what are you, are you fertilizing them as well? I put osmocote in, and once in a while I do it with fish, that fish fertilizer. Excellent. That's great. Well, I think... Uh, yeah, do the plants look good? The plants look really <coughs> healthy. I hope they bloom before frost. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just a matter of time, I think. I think they'll, they'll start blooming. Keep an eye on them. You'll see the buds forming. Well, there's buds. <coughs> I see them coming up, but they probably won't bloom until the end of July. Oh, well, you can't force that now. Well, what? what? 
I, what it, this? it could have been nothing other than our cool temperatures. Now, I know we've had a couple of days where at least one day we hit over 100. But uh, I think the following week, it, it just got downright nasty cool. And the night temperatures night are temperatures, also very yeah. cool. Even during the hot days, we still cool down into the low <coughs> 60s, sometimes even into the 50s, yep. which is going to slow down warm season plants like geraniums. Okay, well, I thought I started them early enough. Well, once again, if you really start them early and then following that, is that you subject them to cool temperatures, uh, the same thing happens. doesn't matter when you started them. They're they find, they yeah, find they're not going to want to bloom, yeah. The growers find that in the greenhouses, too. I mean, yep. they, they have to heat those geraniums to get them to bloom for spring. They really do have to put some heat to them. Okay, I'll try again next year, same time. Well, you'll be fine this year. They'll they'll come up and bloom. It'll probably just be another couple of weeks before you see a lot of flowers. They're only two months late. I know. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Enjoy your program. <laughs> thanks for calling, Irene. Yeah. Bye. Every year's different. So they're just things you don't have control over. No, and that's one of them right there. Yeah, we had a previous caller talking about beans and how they were they too were slow. I, too, planted two short rows of beans, bush beans, mm-hmm. and I looked yesterday, and one of them has a, looks like a tendril. It, it's a long stem. It has to be a foot and a half, two feet long. That doesn't sound like a bush bean. <laughs> no, no, no. Now I'm thinking, God, I got to pull my stakes out <laughs> for maybe just that one bean. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dear. And talking about watering plants in big containers. How are you, how are your canna musifolias doing? They're doing great. They're it's in a huge it's in the biggest pot I have. Oh okay, because <laughs> I have four of them. <clears throat> I had one plant last year and then split it all up and gave you a bunch and I took a bunch and planted them up in the big pots and they're huge. Are they? I'm watering them three times a day. Well, put them in a bigger pot. And well, I have them in sixteen inch pots. That's <clears throat> a big pot. Yeah, I have one bigger pot. They're, right now, they're they're too big to do anything with, so I'll just keep watering them. Okay. Well, I I probably have mine in less sun than you do. Yeah. And so if I if I have to water them once a week, that's a lot. <laughs> These are great looking plants. They are gorgeous. I'm just super looking plants. Yeah. They grow so fast. I wa- I can fertilize them almost every day, and they just eat it up. Mm-hmm. They're that fast growing. <laughs> they're blooming. Are they blooming? <laughs> mine aren't. Yeah. Okay. Yours, yours are definitely. <laughs> They've got to be seven feet tall. Oh, good grief! <laughs> My bananas aren't even seven feet no, tall no, yet. I know. It's, it's amazing. That's why I like the plant. Yeah. You can't. You can't go wrong as long as you keep up the watering. Right. And I always try to keep water in the saucer that they're sitting in because mm-hmm. they love that. I can water that saucer and come back a half hour later, and it's. You need a pond. You, you can. <laughs> you you can hear them sucking it up. <laughs> you need a pond to set them in. That's what that need. I, I need deeper saucers. Yeah. That's but I then need. you'd have to keep filling the pond. Yeah. And then the fish would go dry. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of beans like we were, I stopped growing pole beans. I like mm-hmm. pole beans, but I stopped growing them because that is one of those canary in the coal mine plants for Japanese beetle. How, how are beetles at your house? I saw three. I but smashed it's them. It's been a low year for Japanese beetles. Yeah. I've been I've been using eight. Mm-hmm. 
on my grapevines and one or two other plants that they just devastated last year. <clears throat> I said, not this year. And so far, so good. The place I found them was on my apple tree, <coughs> of all things. Jeez. I noticed there was some skeletonizing of the leaves. Yeah. And I thought, what is doing now? Oh, there they are. Yeah, there they are. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I stopped, I stopped growing pole beans because they'd go after the pole beans, and they'd leave the bush beans alone. So now I just grow bush beans, and I have to bend over to pick them. Yeah, that's true. You should grow the pole beans so that that's a trap crop. They trap all the beetles. I'll, I'll have my neighbor grow them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Good idea. <laughs> hey, I looked at, um, what do they look at? Milkweed. I have several in my yard. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been noticing over the past week, I either have one monarch that keeps circling the house. Okay. okay. <laughs> day after day after day. Or I'm seeing a lot of different monarchs. I can't tell unless I go out and tag them. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, I looked at one of my uh, milkweeds, and I have monarch eggs. Excellent. Yes. And I know what they look like, because I remember way when I was a kid. Mm. I recognize them. Well, and then the, and then the caterpillars, I mean, they're very uh, obvious they, with all the stripes. They are, they are indeed. <clears throat> very characteristic colors. Yep. I have not seen a single monarch in my yard, and I have milkweed all over the place. They'll, they'll find it. They'll find it. I don't I'll, know how. I'll put a sign out. That, that, that'll help. <laughs> Maybe a searchlight at night. There you when, go. When they migrate. We have a lot of swallowtails this year. Boy, Tiger swallowtails. Everywhere. A lot yeah, of them. Yeah, yellow swallowtails. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm getting at least, I've seen at least two species, one much smaller than the bigger ones. Mm, okay. Uh, but again, it might be that one swallowtail that keeps circling the house. <laughs> it might be. I mean, you are kind of an oasis <coughs> in the middle of I know. a desert there. Yeah, and I actually saw a hummingbird the other day. Excellent. And I don't get hummingbirds at my house. Oh, then it wasn't a hummingbird? It was. Oh. <laughs> I think. <laughs> or was that swallowtail mimicking <laughs> Speaking of hawk moths, I have a hawk moth larvae, my, actually now more than that, on one of my large moratuluses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, four o'clock, a native four o'clock. And a hawk moth larva would be a hornworm. A hornworm, yes. And you, you know how I found him? The same way I usually find them. Hmm. I, I see their doo-doos <laughs> oh. on the sidewalk. <laughs> I figure, huh, there's somebody up above. Sure enough, there yeah, was. Yeah. Hiding in amongst all the foliage. I always, the, the kids, when the kids were little, they, they could find a tomato hornworm faster than you could shake a stick. Yeah. I don't know what it is about their eyes, the kids' eyes, uh, able to see those things. But I don't know, if, have you ever noticed that if you disturb a hornworm, it chatters at you? Yes. That's another way to find them, is just yeah. to shake the plant and listen. <laughs> Can you mimic and it that? Chatters. <laughs> I can't. It makes a noise. I, yeah. it, and they raise your stinger. It'll sting you. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, they don't sting people. Right. But they do make a noise, which surprised the heck out of me yeah. the first time I heard it. Yeah, they're kind of crazy, crazy <coughs> creatures. Yeah, they are. Well, let's see. We need to take another break. We can come back and talk to Linda out in Lakewood about her orchid. But in the meantime, we've got three open lines. And we don't like that here, so no. I want you to fill them up. Uh, but you have, to, you have to do some work. You have to enter this, this following number in your calling device, whichever one you're using, 303-477-2473. And you'll get in here and talk with us right here on Legends 810. 
The friendly folks at Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden are excited that spring is really here. The first shipments of veggies and flowers have arrived and more spring product arrives almost daily. This is a great time to add compost to your beds when getting them ready for the growing season. It is also time to overseed your lawn if it was sparse last year. Grass likes cooler weather and Mother Nature often helps with the watering in April. If you had weed issues last year, now is the perfect time to put down a pre-emergent weed killer to minimize new weeds. The knowledgeable staff will be happy to answer your questions about spring lawn care. There will be a socially distanced class on lawn care Saturday, April 10th at 11 a.m. and again Sunday, April 11th at 1 p.m. And yes, there will be a discussion about those nasty Japanese beetles, which are here to stay. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden is located at 10500 West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Spring hours are 9 to 6 Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on weekends. They hope to see you soon. Monterey Complete Disease Control is a broad-spectrum preventative biofungicide bactericide for control or suppression of fungal and bacterial plant diseases on roses, vegetables, fruits, nuts, flowers, houseplants, foliage, trees, and shrubs in the landscape and home garden. Monterey is an OMRI-listed fungicide for organic gardening and triggers the plant's own immune response to fight off diseases. Monterey can be used as a drench to control soil-borne diseases or as a foliar spray for diseases like leaf spot, powdery mildew, downy mildew, and anthracnose. Monterey can be used on vegetables, herbs, ornamentals, houseplants, really any plants, even lawns, and it can be used up to the day of harvest. Monterey is available in a ready-to-use trigger sprayer or as a concentrate. Monterey Complete Disease Control, available at your local independent garden retailer. And we are back here on Legends 810, taking your phone calls at the following number once again, 303 477 2473. <laughs> did you get that? Yes, I did. Okay. Oh, I was going to. Why don't we do that now? Uh, <clears throat> Emerald Ash Boar yes. has been noted in the following communities Erie, Boulder, Gun Barrel, Longmont, Lafayette, Lyons, Superior, Broomfield, Westminster and uh, in unincorporated Larimer County. So still in that northwest yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't live in any one of these or are within two or three miles of that, uh, you d- you needn't worry this year. It it has not been found in other parts of the metro area. So, well, that's the key right there. It hasn't been found. It hasn't been found. It's Might be there, but it hasn't been found. Yeah, so if you have it, report it. Exactly. All right. Let's get back out to the phones. Mm-hmm. We've got Linda waiting to talk to us about her orchid plant. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Thanks for calling the wise guys. What can we do for you? Well, I've never had an orchid plant before. Okay. I was given one um, on June 12th. I know the date. And I read the directions, and it said, water uh, half a cup of water per week and I've been doing that and it looks good except for I noticed this morning that the bottom leaves are starting to turn yellowish do you know what kind of orchid it is that's the 
typical one you see in the grocery store. Okay. Uh, half a cup of water per week is probably okay for somebody in Virginia or North Carolina where they have a lot of humidity. But okay. here I would probably <clears throat> I would go I would water it at least twice a week. And don't worry about the volume, whether it's a half cup or a cup. Just take it to the sink and just soak it all the way around. Oh, okay. On both, you know, if it's a phalaenopsis, its leaves come out in just one plane, you know. So there's, there's um, potting mix exposed on both sides of the plant. So get, make sure the whole thing is really well soaked and, and do that a couple times a week. Because okay. we're it's so dry here. Right. <coughs> it's in a little, like, clear plastic pot uh -huh. and, and container, and then that is in a, uh, I don't know if the people that gave it to me put it in this ceramic sure. holder, uh -huh. so to speak. So Take it out of the ceramic holder when you water it. Cause I'm sorry. Take it out of the ceramic oh, decorative gotcha. pot when you water it because they don't have a drain hole in there. Gotcha. Now, is this, uh, I should have asked you this question first. What is it potted in? Is it in bark or is it in moss? Um, it looks kind of like moss. Okay, yeah. so kind of a blonde color. Brownish. Yeah, yeah. but not and chunky like bark. No. Okay, so that does have a tendency to hold a lot of moisture longer so disregard what i said earlier about the frequency of watering what you want to do is just stick your finger in there mm -hmm. and when it starts to feel a little on the dry side not bone dry but uh, a little on the dry side then then give it a good soak because that moss does hold water longer than bark does okay and i'm looking at the roots mm -hmm. I, this is so foreign I, i'm in uncharted waters with an orchid <laughs> <laughs> but just do the roots have like little joints? Oh yeah, uh, that that just indicates that at some point in time that that root got snapped or broken or injured, and then it grew some okay. more. That's that's no big deal. But they they're those fat white things, and they have okay. no idea what a pot is for. So they'll you'll notice that eventually there'll be roots growing up into the air and out the yeah. side and all over the I place. I see one of those doing that now. Look like a little snake coming out. Yeah, yeah, and and that's perfectly normal. Just make sure it gets wet when you water it. Okay, so what does it mean if the base of the stems are turning, starting to turn yellow? And I only see that on two leaves right now. You know, they're big waxy leaves. Uh huh. How many so leaves total do you have? Uh about six okay and it's just the two bottom ones at the very bottom yes okay that that sounds normal they don't hold on to those leaves forever and okay. at some point in time the oldest leaves will start to turn yellow and eventually fall off I would just wait for them to fall off on their own okay what about light I do not have any place and I live in Lakewood and I have a front porch that has a cover over it on the south side of the house. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a place that gets a lot of light. It's just sitting on my kitchen table with lights from up above. 
from a, from what a skylight or something? No, no. I'm sorry, just a regular light. Oh, that's yeah. That's not going to do any good. You just you want you want the plant to be for phalaenopsis. You want them to be in bright indirect light, no direct sun. Can they be on the patio during the summer? I wouldn't put them outdoors. It's too dry and too windy, and there are too many bugs. Okay. That's so ju- that's just a problem. Yeah, I keep them in the house. Put them close to a a, a north or an east window if you can, or okay. um, someplace where they're going to get nice. I mean, if it's bright enough, if it's bright enough for you to sit there and read a book, it's uh-huh. probably bright enough for your orchid. Okay, I have a covered patio on the north side. I do have two sliding glass doors there. Okay, so maybe I could put it close to that yeah otherwise i'm very lax in having a nice lit spot for an orchid i guess or okay. any kind of a plant well sure and it might just be a temporary thing okay i have one last question you know the spray eight uh-huh. i bought some of that i haven't read the directions yet and my neighbor told me that that kills bees is that correct and pretty much any insecticide will kill bees Okay. So you just have to make sure that when you are spraying it, you're spraying it on plants that maybe aren't in bloom, so there won't be any bees around, or you're spraying it at a time of day that the bees aren't there. After it dries, is it still toxic to them? Only if they eat it, which they're not going to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And try to avoid spraying it on the blossoms? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, if if, if it's foliage plants or shrubs that sort of thing that aren't in flower you don't have to worry because there won't be any bees there right they're only going to be at the the plants that have flowers okay all righty then is there do i need to uh going back to the orchid do i need to fertilize that yes definitely okay because i haven't done it do you have any fertilizer already in your arsenal (laughs) no No. okay (laughs) um when should I do it? I don't know. Like, I was given this at the beginning of June. Yeah, I, I fert- well, for me, I fertilize mine with pretty much every watering, but um, I have really ideal conditions for them. So for you, I'd probably suggest fertilizing maybe once every couple of weeks. Okay. And I'd go to the store, go to the garden center, go to their houseplant section mm-hmm. uh, of, of products and get an orchid food. And, okay. s- and there are numerous varieties, but look for the analysis, uh, you know, the three numbers that tell you what's in the fertilizer. Right. Where all three numbers are fairly close together. Okay. Can I, okay, it has to be orchid food though, right? It can't yeah. It be the 2020-20. Oh, do you have some Fertilome 2020? Well, you said you don't have any. Um, oh, yeah, I have regular plant food, the 2020-20, but I don't have a specific food for orchids. Um, is it the Fertilone brand that you have? I believe it is. Okay, that one's I fine think for I orchids. I it at Ector's. That's fine for orchids. It's a good quality. The reason I oh, usually recommend okay. orchid food is because it's made so that it's very um, low salt. Uh, orchids are kind of sensitive to too much salts and so forth in, in their in their fertilizer. So, uh, but Fertilone makes a very high quality fertilizer, so it's fine for orchids. Okay, I'm sorry, I misspoke. It's Jack's. Oh, that's fine too. Classic yes. Classic 
all-purpose 2020-20. That's excellent. Use about a quarter teaspoon per gallon every couple of weeks. Quarter teaspoon per gallon. Yep. For this little orchid? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you can mix it up in a milk jug, and then you can just yeah, use a little bit at a time. It. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. It'll hold all over. Right. All right. Thank you, guys. You bet. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. Part of the discussion <coughs> at the beginning of the last discussion was regarding <coughs> plant labels and instructions on how to water. I don't believe there's a plant labeler, people who make plant labels, who lives anywhere close to west of the Mississippi River. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <coughs> they give you instructions on how to treat their plants in Tennessee, maybe Florida, or Pennsylvania, but not Colorado. Or Nevada, or Utah, or yeah. California, or, or Arizona, or New Mexico. Well, I, I see that all the time at the nurseries, too. And, and when I'm helping customers at Nick's, people want to grow boxwoods mm-hmm. in the full sun. Well, it says on the label it's for full sun. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a generic label for the whole country. And a whole country means east of the Mississippi River. <laughs> <laughs> So you still have to you still have to do some asking of questions yes. if you're not sure. I mean, the label is going to tell you some information. Usually, the dimensions of the plant and so forth are, are fairly accurate. But um, the light requirements here in Colorado are are different for some of these things, like like boxwood. Now, I've seen boxwood grown in full sun. Mm-hmm. Um, not something I'd recommend. But don't always go by the label. If you if you haven't grown the plant before, ask the nursery person. Yeah. We're growing ours in at full afternoon sun, mm-hmm. and they do quite well. And they're we pulled them all out and put new ones in because they were well spacing problems. But <clears throat> nonetheless, um, they're going to take a couple years to adjust. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean in the winter there's going to be dieback on the top of all of them. Yeah, and just clean it up in the spring and, and you're good. And they continue growing. I I put two in my yard. They're on the south <coughs> side of the house, but under a large pine tree, so they yep. get shade year round, not mm-hmm. just during this. Not not like with the deciduous tree where you've got shade in the summer and sun in the winter. And one lived and one died, and they're four feet apart. They didn't like each other. Oh, some I don't know what. I mean, there's just sometimes there's just no explaining you know birds in the nest sometimes they kick out the youngest is that it yeah yeah so maybe that's what happened here i don't know but it's just it's aggravating when you see that happen <laughs> what did it what yeah the, what so, did i not do <clears throat> the one that the, the one that's remaining was the alpha boxwood the alpha <laughs> <laughs> oh so what you're saying was that the other one died from submissive leaf <laughs> fall <laughs> that's right <laughs> and some plants can put up with that and some can't yeah, i guess so <laughs> oh dear all right uh we have uh by my calculation we have, we have four more minutes yeah i can read the clock thanks sean <laughs> oh okay <laughs> we have four more minutes i don't know if we can get the next caller in in four minutes or not well let's go ahead and start with don <clears throat> good morning don uh good morning Hey, we're, we're running short on time this uh, this hour, but let's go ahead and get started, and we may have to put you on hold to go over the top of the hour and, and continue in the next hour, okay? Okay, 
take long. I got a lung problem. I don't know. It's you know just not growing well. Obviously, something down there. I, I put grub going on it earlier. Mm-hmm. I think me, whatever. And so I think it's an insect problem. So I just want to know what would be the best thing to use. Well, what makes you think it's an insect problem? You know, I don't think it's a grub problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, grubs are insects. Yeah, I, I was told that you know if it's grub, you can pull the grass up. Right. The roots. Uh huh. And you can't pull the grass up. Good. Okay. Well, that's a good way to eliminate that. So. What are you feeding with? Uh, what do you call rich line? Oh, okay. And how often are you using that? Oh, it's due. It's been about six, eight weeks, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would try to keep that up about every five or six weeks if you're using the rich lawn. Yeah. Um, and how tall are you mowing the grass? Oh, a couple inches. But okay. that, in that area, it's, you know, it's only about an inch or so. So what what are the symptoms? Well, it's just, uh, you know, it's it's not growing well. It's not thick, you know, it's all, it's just uh, almost kind of barren. Is it in full sun? No, it's under a uh, tree. Oh. What, what kind of tree? Uh, oak. <clears throat> uh, would you classify the shade of that oak tree as, be, uh, oak tree as being dense shade? Or is it what we call open shade, where there's a lot of light coming through the leaves? Uh, it's pretty pretty dense, I yeah. guess. I, well, it, it could be just a matter of not enough light to grow a good stand of grass. Well, it's been been doing well, or reasonably well. Well, you get quite as much water there. And, and your tree was a lot younger then, too. Well, not last year, year before. <coughs> Did it look good last year? Yeah. Okay. I. Well, I I can't I I can't say that it's an insect problem because I haven't heard anything that would yeah, indicate it was insects. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, are you sure that you're getting the uh, the same amount of water this year that you've gotten in previous years? Oh, uh, pretty much. I have to give a little extra water it's between the tree and the house, and yeah. it doesn't get the sprinklers that. That will. Well, uh, Don, we're going to put you on hold. we got to take okay. a quick break, and we'll be right back, okay? Okay. And this may be the fastest break in history right here on Legends 810.